are listening to the Anagram Journey Podcast with your and my Anagram Godmother, Suzanne Stabile. On today's podcast, the uber-talented Anagram 5, Morgan Harper Nichols joins Suzanne to continue our Anagram Daily Reflection Series with the authors of all nine books. They're going to talk about 40 days on being a 5, of course, what it's like uh, to be married to an 8 and share that Enneagram line, and what is Morgan curious about, among other things. You can find 40 Days on Being a 5, as well as the other 8 Enneagram numbers at ivpress.com, of course on Amazon, like you can find everything else in the world, and LTM has them available on the LTM website. If you dig the books, you're going to really dig October 23rd, All Things Enneagram, a virtual event. All nine authors, the Reverend, the Enneagram Godmother, and more sharing all day. I might even get crazy and make an appearance. Visit ivypress.com slash allthingsanneagram to sign up for only 10 bucks. And after you join us on October 23rd, you're going to want some more. So why not join us live in Little Rock, Arkansas, November 12th and 13th for the Enneagram and Relationships Workshop with Suzanne. The link is in the show notes and at lifeinthetrinityministry.com. Let's start the show. I am continually asking myself, is it just that she has a big four wing or is she this integrated as a woman? Mm-hmm. And that's a big hot question for us to start with. Yeah, we're coming out of the shoot yeah. firing. Oh, <laughs> I, I love that question because it's something I actually think about myself because I... I do feel like I've been, I feel like I'm in a new, new phase of life, if that makes sense. Like it's, I definitely feel more in tune, at least with my emotions and learning how to pay attention to my body. And I feel like this is going to be a very somewhat generic answer that many people will give, but it's just true. I think the pandemic really accelerated that. Um, I think that once I had so many distractions removed and so many things that I felt compelled to be a part of and and go physical places, I, I had to sit with my thoughts a lot. And I think I kind of got to a point, especially early on, because my son was so really small um, before he even turned one is when this started. So, which is so wild to think about because now he's two years old and building trains around the house but yeah (laughs) back then he was just sitting around and I remember just sitting with my thoughts so much to the point that I kind of felt like I was reaching the end of my thoughts in a way of like I have to do something more than think I'm like this used to be the thing that I look forward to is just sitting around and journaling out my thoughts and writing or watching a documentary but it was getting to a point where I was like that's not enough um, and I was like, do I want to get into gardening? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I've tried and failed, yeah. but I'm going to try again. I haven't given up because I've, I've invested a lot of time into this. So, yeah. um, things that I never would have even considered doing that I feel like have helped me kind of tap into a different part of myself. Um, I've been writing more about emotions, Mm -hmm. writing more about feelings, trying to find new words to describe feelings. And 
I think there's some fiveness in that too, but sure. I, I've, I've just become more curious and, and, um, it's just, and, and then also too, I, I had surgery this year. So mm. I had a myomectomy, which for those that don't know, that's a fibroid, uh, removed. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I was, I had never had any kind of surgery before, so I had no idea what to expect, but for whatever reason, and again, maybe it's just because of the pandemic and everything that's been going on, I was like super positive that I was like, oh, you know, I'm just going to go in and get the surgery and I'm going to go on with my life. Yeah, That's no. not how it happens. <laughs> so that happened in, in March of this year. And I would say I'm just now starting to kind of feel somewhat normal again in my body. And that was just like an all new experience for me because I never had to pay attention to my body like that. Like having a surgeon call me and say, Hey, how are you feeling in your body? How are you feeling about this? And I'm sitting there. I'm like, I don't really think about it that much, but I guess I need to. And it's like, okay, well, we need you to take this or add this vitamin or, you know, do this, do that. Like that was, you know, that was just all new for me. Um, Because even though I, I've, I've given birth before, that was something that thankfully there, I didn't have any complications or anything. So it was just like, okay, I kind of understand how this works, you know, and then, you know, the baby's going to come out and grow and, you know, I kind of had a framework, but this was just, I didn't know I was going to be having a surgery. It was just sort of like, Hey, you need to do this. And it was during the pandemic and all of that. And yeah, yeah. So I think those are just like a few things that have have caused me to slow down in a way that I, I never have before. Um, there's more things, but <laughs> those, sure. are, those are two of them. So yeah, it's been a really interesting time. You know, I think one of the things that I've been thinking about in terms of teaching hospital chaplains, uh, in particular mm. about Enneagram fives, mm. because, wow. um, you know, that's a, that's violation after violation after violation of very, well-defined boundaries that can't be honored. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that, yeah. when you're about to deliver a baby, it's like, I'll do anything, right? Like when you're in labor and you are nine months pregnant, it, it doesn't matter what they're going to do as long as what you're experiencing ends, in my yeah. experience. <laughs> yeah. It's like, do what you need to do, but I I, yeah. I need to not be here. Yeah. And that was, yeah. Yeah. And then there's the joy of a birth if there are no complications and all of the stuff that happens so fast, I think. Mm -hmm. But for a five to experience having to have surgery and all the tests that precede that and all of the looking and poking and naming and claiming, I, I try to say to hospital chaplains, that violates everything. And you have to be mindful that when you're with them, you don't touch them mm-hmm. unless you ask. You don't, you just don't. That's not five specific. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like, don't be touching me. <laughs> that's just yeah. common boundaries. I think. <laughs> just. When you're in the hospital, nobody cares. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a really, and I mean, thank you for naming that. Cause I don't even think I thought about it in that much depth because I think 
I was like, okay, I know I have to be here. I know I have to be here for this thing. And it's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to require a lot of me. And I think sometimes when I I'm recognizing that I can just kind of check out and, <laughs> and I don't want to go into the layers of it because I'm just going to like, I'm like rip off this idea. I'm like, forget right. it. I'm out of here. I'll figure it out at home right. <laughs> with, Wiki, Wiki, with Wikipedia and yeah. WebMD. Yeah. But- <laughs> I'm a smart woman. I don't need to be here. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's a whole, it takes a lot for me to like sit there in that bed and to have to ask, like, I, I remember when I was sitting in the, um, I forget what they call it, but it's like the recovery area yeah, yeah. after you, that's after what they you call it. Your, okay. Yeah. <laughs> after you had your surgery and for whatever reason, I, I couldn't, um, like all my fluids, I couldn't drink. Like I couldn't, I was just constantly thirsty. Like just constantly. I was like, I was like consuming so many liquids. And even though I was physically in this weird space, it felt so odd to just have to continue to ask that nurse over and over. Oh. Can I have some water? Can I have some water? Man, you're Can giving I have me some water again? Can I have some water again? Like that was just, oh, so I still like, I still tense up when I say like, it was, oh yeah. All right. Well, like, now- I did not know I was going to have to lay here asking like this over and over for hours. I couldn't have set this up better. People are going to think after I talk to you about this, that I sent you that request for that mm. comment. So you realize that your childhood message was playing into that the whole time and your lost childhood messages. It's mm. not okay to have your own needs. Mm. And so you had to confront that over and over and over to ask somebody to help you over and over yeah. and over and over and over. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think the violation begins with a hospital gown. Last time I was in the hospital and I put one of those on, I said, y'all still can't do better than this. <laughs> like, please. No upgrades. There's yeah, no, it's... no, no creativity, no nothing. But from there. So many strings. <laughs> yes. And that you don't know what to tie to what. Yeah. But from there to being in recovery after surgery, thinking that you've done now what you have to do. Like, okay, mm-hmm. it's yeah. done. It's finished. And Mm -hmm. no, it isn't. And then you have to ask for the same thing over and over and over. I can see how for you that would be so hard. So, so it really, it really was. And, you know, wearing a face mask and, (laughs) and then just, I, I felt like I was like, I feel like they've got a lot going on. Like, certainly I'm not the most high priority (laughs) person on this wing. It was, but I'm so thirsty. Yeah, it was so hard. Like every time, just like Morgan, just ask. That's what they're here for. And I just had to keep telling myself that because I'm, I've, I just get really used to just figuring out how to get the need met without asking. Yep. Um, that's sort of my go to. So it was, yeah, that was my the first time in my life where I really had to kind of sit there and because, you know, because of the pandemic, like no family or anything yeah. was like allowed in there with me. So, you know, sometimes like I'll give you an example. If I'm at a restaurant with my husband in Enneagram 8 and something, my food came and something was missing, sure. I'm not, I'm not going to ask the waiter. I'll ask him to ask sure. the waiter <laughs> if I ask. So I'm used to like, I'll pass this off to someone who yes. <laughs> feels more comfortable asking for things. So yeah, I didn't have that. Um, and that was the first time I didn't have that. I was like, wow, if you want water, like you have to request it again and again and again. Um, and yeah, it, it was just so 
which is eye-opening to me, just how something so simple. And I guess from that, you know, I, I just kind of thought about, I'm like, yeah, well, if I'm, if I'm struggling with something so simple, I can see how maybe I'm doing this in other areas as well. I'm not able to ask yeah. for help. So yeah, yeah, that was a pretty real moment for me. I'm going to go back and look at everything since March and see if I can see you telling that story in your unbelievably creative and good work. I, you know, I haven't talked about it much. Yeah. I wonder if it I, came through though. You know, it, it probably, it probably has. Cause I would say I've written a lot about rest this year yeah, since yeah. then a lot. And I, I had been writing about it before, but even more so now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would say that that's there for sure because you know, even like I was saying earlier, like even in my, my fiveness and my liking to sit with my thoughts, like I still like fresh air. <laughs> like I right. still like to be able to like, Oh, see the sun every once yeah. in a while. Yeah. Um, and there was quite a period in there where just getting up and walking outside just felt like such a chore. And, you know, that's, I know that's not unique to me. Like anyone would probably feel that way after a surgery, but it it was, it was hard for me because it was like, okay, it takes me, it, when I'm feeling well, it takes me a lot of effort to get up and do. Yes. So now I'm not feeling well. It takes an extraordinary amount of effort. <laughs> By the time I get outside, I'm like, oh, okay, it's time to go back in. And I'm like, man, I've barely got any fresh air. So yeah, it was, it was an interesting time how like these little things ended up just it really started to get to me um because I I remember like the first few days I all I wanted to eat for some reason was Panera bread like that's all I want to eat so who knows how many times I ordered it um (laughs) from DoorDash way too many times works for me I remember yeah I remember like the third or fourth day I was like you can't keep doing this like I don't know "Mm." scripture says you know (laughs) bread's pretty important Yes. Amen. Amen to that. But for some reason, it's just like, wow, like you're just, you're just having food delivered to you. The same thing over and over again. Like, who do you think you are? Like you should get up and prepare a meal, shouldn't you? Or, and I think it was hard for me because I, like, I have, I have family who was willing to help and people ask, like, do you need anything? And every time I would say no. And it's like, I could have easily have asked, Hey, could you make me a sandwich, a grilled cheese? But even Panera just saying bread. that now, yeah, yeah. even just bread. saying that right now, I'm just like, why did I not ask for that? <laughs> so the only solution I could find was, okay, well, I just have to order takeout. It took me a while to like start. And then I think eventually people started just making food for me to eat. You know, yeah, one of the things I it's say. It's interesting how it's the simple things that I end up really struggling with. Yeah, I think it is for all of us during the pandemic. It's the simple yeah. things, right? Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. also interesting to me, though, that that need for independence in fives mm. is so present. And it feels independent to order from Panera. And it mm. feels dependent to ask somebody to fix you a grilled cheese. Mm-hmm. And so I can see that that would be the path that you would take. And yet, mm. evidently, you're writing and your art are to encourage people to embrace the things that you're struggling to embrace yourself. Mm-hmm. I was really thankful that in uh, getting in having the honor of editing uh, the Daily Reflection series that 
you asked, I believe, if you could put a little bit of your art in there, and the answer was, of course you can. And I, yeah. I think it's such a lovely representation of 5-4 energy, mm-hmm. but it's also a way for people to connect if the words on another page are getting hard to get harder to get to. Mm. Yeah. And it's interesting that uh, your art and your creativity transform your Enneagram number. Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I've started to realize recently that, that my even desire as an adult to kind of go back into drawing, because like, I didn't just like, I didn't just like keep that. Like there was like, I drew as a kid, like everybody else. And then I just stopped <laughs> for a very long time. And I was like, why did I just feel this sudden urge to like get back into illustrations and taking, you know, things in nature to convey a message. And I've realized that, and I think this is something that other fives can probably connect with is that we're so, um, we get very passionate about the things we're studying. Um, And then when we do finally oftentimes get the courage to share, sometimes it's not quite received in the way that we had hoped for. Um, And, you know, whether it's with, you know, intimate relationships or just online or, you know, with coworkers or whoever, and we go to share ideas, but sometimes like people can't pick up the fact that, I have, there is emotion. There's a reason why I'm sharing this. I'm sharing it. It's I'm sharing it from the heart. Like, I know it sounds like a list of facts, but I promise you like beneath the facts, like there's a human being who's very passionate and wanting to share this with you because I want to bond with you in this way. And I've realized that making art has become a way to communicate those things that I'm passionate of talking about. So I, I've realized like I did a series recently um, and it was lots of colors and things. And I was just talking about five words to keep in your vocabulary when you're facing unknowns. And I had those five words forever. I, I love words. I literally will, I have tabs on my computer for like four or five different dictionaries. I love to just see how different dictionaries define different things, but it took me forever to pare it down to a way that I felt like other people could connect with it. So the first is like, okay, I got to bring color into it. (laughs) And a lot of times like I got to bring flowers. That's like a universal image. People understand that people understand when they see a sun or a moon or waves or mountains. So that's why I I think I ended up being drawn to art because in some ways I, I did feel like a bit discouraged at times, just feeling like when I wanted to share insights or things that I was talking about, that people are just like, oh, okay, you know, what is Morgan talking about? (laughs) Um, And just trying to figure out a way to to communicate it. So it's new for me being conscious of that. I I didn't, this is new. Like I didn't really start to pick up on that connection. Um, I think writing the reflections actually probably was a part of that because that was the first time I wrote something where there was art, but art was just like a, a kind of, direct visual like interpretation of the of the larger text yeah. if that makes sense whereas yes. with my poetry books it's it's a bit more of like almost kind of 50 50 I would say it's it's art and poetry together yep. but I was like wow this is 
these images, these ideas for these images came to me so naturally because I'm like, I really want to get this point across. I, I really want to, to help this make sense to someone. So one I hope of the that makes that, sense. It does make sense. And one of the things I'm fascinated by when I see your work, you know, all, all of your work, not just what's in the Daily Reflection series, mm-hmm. when you're not limited to word count and to page size, you mm-hmm. leave a lot of room between lines of words. And I receive that as an invitation to respond. When I look at that and I read one line that you've written, then there's room for me to think and own or or not connect to it before the next line comes, which then is followed by giving me the same room again. Mm. And so to me, it feels like an invitation. It feels like you're saying, this is what I'm thinking about. And I'm inviting you to come into this space with me. Mm. And I think the art that you do around that makes people think that it's safe. Mm. Because it's not just Ted stuff. It's kind of holistic. I'm, I'm a big fan. I guess that's obvious, but I'm. That means so much that you picked up (laughs) on all of that. Because that's so intentional. It's intentional. I, I love that. I, I think about how I'm totally paraphrasing what she said, but the author, uh, and I always, I always say her name wrong, but Matt, Madeline Inkle, is it, uh-huh. is the L silent? Here's, <laughs> I feel like I should know that. Here it is. I only know cause I got to hear her once. So I heard oh, her say her own name. Oh, awesome. Okay. So, and, and if you're from the South, it helps because yeah, okay. it's Madeline Lingle. Ling. Oh, okay. Yes. Right. Okay. It's, so it's, I, <laughs> it's, it's Southern darling. Yeah. It totally makes sense when I'm hearing it. I just, I just like start overthinking and I'm like, don't mess it up. Get it right. I never so, knew either until I heard yes. her say it. Oh yeah. So I, I read something of hers once where she was talking about how, um, like if it's a big complicated idea, put it in a children's book. There you go. And I always love that because I think that there's so much, I mean, I have a lot of children's books in my house. Like I have a, I have a toddler, but even before that, I've, I've loved kids books and there's so, something about the color and, and just everything that invites you into a kid's book that has a way of kind of softening you and, and making room for wonder and that you don't feel so prone to sometimes when you're when you're opening a grown-up book you know it's like okay I'm here to study <laughs> um but it's or more, I'm here to tell you what I know from the oh, author's exactly. perspective exactly have yeah. I got something for you yes yes and there's just so much interaction like it's just an invitation to interact with children's books a, a lot you know and that's a lot easier than with grown-up books if you will so that's something I think about when, when I'm making art is that, you know, I think about, especially on, on social media, for instance, it's like, wow, the, the likelihood that at the time someone is scrolling through my, my page, it's like, when's the last time they saw a children's book or just had that experience of, of just something, just a little whimsical or just a little delightful. Um, and I'm like, even if they don't fully read the words or yeah. if they just catch one or two of the words, like, I, I'm like, that's what kids do. Like, I'm, it's working like, um, with this kid. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So I'm just so grateful you picked up on that. Cause I, I do think 
I do think a lot about that. And, and in that ways, in that way, I'm grateful for the challenge that I dealt with for many years of not feeling like I was heard because yeah. it did as hard as it was in real time. I can see now it helped me want to go deeper to mm-hmm. find more creative ways of sharing my words or sharing my stories. So I think now it's I'm kind just of, all in on it. <laughs> well, you should be. I, I think it's kind of, uh, too, a, also a sweet spot for a five because you're inclined to say less rather than more. Mm-hmm. So because of how you think and how you are and how you communicate, it's a sweet spot for you there too. So before we leave this part of the conversation, I want to be, I don't know if I'm the first person publicly to ask for this or to, to say, well, why don't you think about this? But you know, I have nine grandchildren. So why don't you think about writing a children's book? Why don't you just throw one in there? You know, I, I want to, I just have to stop overthinking and planning. Yeah. Just do (laughs) it. What it should be. (laughs) Just do it. Cause my grandchildren are getting older and I want them to have Morgan Harper Nichols in their hands. Oh, wow. Okay. The pressure's on now. It's on. That's going to help shift me into action. <laughs> Our friends at IVP would like it now if we plug the fact that they have a children's uh, line Section, now yeah, they do. That just oh, opened. wow. Yep, so you'll be getting that call soon. And oh, my gosh. Okay, I'll, I'll get to work right after, right after yeah. this. <laughs> Anytime I turn the page of the book that's by my bed that you wrote and illustrated, or I turn the page in the planner every time, I feel welcomed, which is not to say I don't feel challenged when I close the book. And I am able to respond better to your challenge than I would be if I felt like it was going to be too many words and too much for me to try to make space for. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if the pandemic has helped people slow down enough to not take for granted few words as what they had time to slip in but to recognize that it's few words so that you have time to perhaps own them or what you're learning from them. Yeah. Mm. Have you said before, Suzanne, that is it a fact that Thomas Merton is printed in in every known language on the planet, every known language. Mm. And you think that it's because of his four and five space space of being able to get in touch with all the emotions and feelings and, all the thinking Mm -hmm. and logic. I don't know what the other term would be. I mean, and if you don't know, I love Thomas Merton. Mm. So uh, it seems like you have that Thomas Merton gift of with your art and, and all the different uh, mediums of art that you use Mm -hmm. and your words. uh, That's one of the big things that I can, that I can relate to and enjoy partly as a seven that there's a, a change of pace with both and, that it's not all like I can't weep at the side of a pain, a painting or anything like that. Right. But mm. I, I can appreciate so much more of your art because of how great your words are. And I start with the words. Yep. Yep. Well said. Mm. Well said. Me wow. too. And I think most people are word people. Can you help me fill out the timeline of yeah. where are these points? We got the pandemic start of it. Mm hmm. Surgery, 
Mm-hmm. You got the toddler, mm-hmm. and you've got writing the book, uh, writing, doing all your work. But yeah. I'm referencing the uh, forty days on being a five, yeah. and a move in there, correct? Also, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So can California you, to Arizona? <laughs> yeah. Outline the order of all those things, and then yeah. talk to how all of those other things shaped some of your work for the 40 days on being a five. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, when, when the lockdowns first started that, um, the daily reflections was actually the, the, the project before me (laughs) to start looking at. So I remember very distinctly thinking, Oh, this is a, a really good time for, self-reflection you know as many people were recognizing it was very fresh on my mind because yeah everything had just changed I was about to launch into a full year of of traveling and touring for another book and that was going to be way out of my comfort zone and it was going to I was going to do it and I knew I was I I, I do love to meet people in, in my community and I was super excited to meet everyone Um, But I knew it was going to be a lot. So to just have that completely gone, not have to worry about that for a minute, it gave me kind of permission to really sit and say, okay, what do I need to be reminded of right now? So that, that was kind of like a question that was kind of guiding me into those early stages of the lockdown and also the, um, also the book. So from the space of, of, starting writing on the book my my son was coming up on his first birthday and and gradually getting more active I actually remember very clearly when I was working on the book he he recognized oh these books on the shelf they can come off I can throw them across the there room you go. so as I was working on the book I was like stacking books higher on the shelf because <laughs> I'm like these are organized I need them it was yeah it was it was a time it was a time so yeah, we were just working at home, trying our hardest to work from home. And uh, my husband and I, we have very new business. Um, it employs both of us, but it's a super new small business. And it was very hard to keep it going in California. Just to be frank, we just couldn't really afford it. And I was born in California, raised in Georgia, but I was born in California. I love it there. I have family there and we are by the beach. I love the water. It was hard to say goodbye. Yeah. Um, it was it was really hard, but we we were like, well, you know, we got to hunker down and figure this out. So we were like, where can we go? Because we still have some things that we have to do in California back and forth. So we're like, where can we go? That's close. And Arizona's next state over. Yeah. <laughs> so here we are. And I've fallen in love with it. It's a it's a beautiful place. And um, I I was still editing the book and working on it. I felt like I, this is so interesting. It's, a, it's the shortest book I've written so far, but it took the longest. Yes. <laughs> Cause I'm like, yo, yeah, I was still working on it. When we moved, we ended up moving in the, in the summer of last year. And I was like, yeah, I was still working on it. I was still thinking about what do you say in 40 days? Like, yeah. I can't, I don't want to leave anything out. You know, <laughs> I don't want to spend too much time on one idea. So I spent a lot of time kind of, um, going back and forth uh i wrote a lot of it um in 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 the notes app on my phone so just like writing ideas like 
oftentimes like when my son was like taking a nap on me and I'm like, okay, what was today? Like what stressed me out today? Okay. All right. <laughs> maybe this is, maybe this is something to write about. So yeah, that was all happening while we were moving to Arizona last summer. That reminds and, me of something Anne Lamont says, yeah. you know, before we had phones and we could write down our notes, Anne Lamont said, used to say, you need to carry a pen and a small pad with you. And you need to carry it everywhere you go if you're a writer. And if you don't, mm. God's going to give that idea to somebody who was ready to hear it. Yes. And I started carrying a journal and a pen everywhere I went. That is such good advice. Yeah. I hadn't heard that one from her. Okay, that's good. That's really good. Yeah. So <laughs> that was kind of kind of me. I was like, well, you know, can't get to the laptop, but this thing's got to get written. So here we go in the notes app. So it was, it took a long time yeah. to write these 40 days. Well, and, um, yeah, don't you think it, it, do you think I'm, I'm trying to say, don't you think to, cause to Joe is a nine. If I say, don't you think he always says, sure. So I'm trying to avoid, don't you think, <laughs> do you think that there, because of the pandemic or the lockdown or we just got to do this really the circuit breaker. That's it. That's what I was going to say. Mm. Tell her about that. Uh, the, we have new friends and a large group of people going through the Enneagram journey curriculum in Singapore. And we mm. had a conversation with them recently and they said that, uh, I don't know if it, what it's like in other countries. I just thought the whole world called it a lockdown. She said that they call it a they country. It's called the circuit breaker. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Wow. That is it, interesting. It's, yes, it is. It's that's wow. fascinating to me. Yeah, what a perspective. Well, it's so good because it's temporary mm -hmm. instead of we're locked, uh, yeah. we're locked down. Yeah, and it has so much less fear, yeah, right? That is very, okay, now I've got some rabbit holes to go down because yeah. I'm like, yeah, I, yeah you're I'm gonna like, be, that is very interesting that that's the word we landed on. Yeah, you're wow. going to be on the word mm. search now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, back to what you were saying, I journal a lot. I didn't journal much during the first half of the pandemic mm. because my journaling is often tunis, which is about mm. relationship to other people, things I learned from being with other people, all that stuff. Right. And yeah. I, w I didn't have that. Yeah. And so the journal pages were getting to a place where they were too intimate about Joe and me because that was my world <laughs> right there for a little bit. Um, and I didn't want the other children to see that occasionally it said, thank God Joel came by today. It was so good for Joe and it was so good for me because of all the work we were doing, right? Anyway, I wonder if for many people, the pandemic created space for journaling more and at a deeper level because there was a quiet that came with it. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if the whole series will end up helping us stay connected to a part of the pandemic that I'm afraid many of us missed. When mm. Richard Rohr first taught Joe and me about liminality, it was probably 15 years ago, 10 or 15. And this was liminality for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I had sold my new book to IVP with an introduction that's about liminality before COVID. Wow. So that was a mm. whole interesting space to be in. But the oh. big question that comes with liminal space, and, you know, one of my number top 
theologians is Richard Rohr. And the big thing that comes with liminality is the question, what did you learn? Because he believes initially that it's the most teachable space and ultimately that liminal space may be the only teachable space. Mm. Mm. So my question has been, what did we learn collectively? What did we learn individually? What did we learn? And I am anxious when we get out of this to go back and read the series. Yes. Right? Yeah. And see if what we learned is there. Yeah, that's such a incredible observation. It's it's almost like the fact that it was written in that time yeah. in that liminal space is such a rare moment yeah. that we would not have foreseen, you know, prior to 2020 that we were going to that there were going to be people writing in this. And, and I think it's yeah. And, and even more so, it's like, yeah, it's not just about us talking about that, that's the space itself, but it's like what we've learned in life and through our experiences. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, you almost can't really, there are certain layers of that where you need that liminal space yeah. that like, I don't really know where I'm going with this. I felt that way a lot with when I was writing it, like a lot of like, what where am I going with this like it's it's hard to like I've done this with other writing projects in the past where you know even though I like to be alone a lot I do like to talk to uh, talk ideas out with other people and see kind of where they land and if I'm making sense and it's like my poor husband like he's the only one (laughs) that I'm like does this make sense so it was hard to kind of like I found myself like creating conversations with myself in my head of like yeah. how could this be received by someone else and trying to imagine an, another five or another spouse of a five or a friend of a five across the world encountering these words um not knowing if i would ever you know read a section of it in front of a, a crowd you know like yeah. what you might typically expect so it was it was interesting because I found myself thinking a lot about other people's quiet spaces and other people who may feel like they're in some sort of lockdown upon lockdown upon lockdown yeah that that was that was interesting I had another thought when you said that too I was like huh maybe Maybe we should just start calling it, I don't know, the grand liminal space. Well, <laughs> you know, collective liminal space because it's kind of what it is. I really think that I'm going to be in a position looking back at it saying, here was a time when these people representing all nine numbers wrote from a different place inside themselves because uh, yeah. of the pandemic. And it needs to be known by that too mm-hmm. not just what was written but when it was written we, we were at an event recently where they had a woman who um at a teaching event where they had a woman who was singing and she sang songs that were at the end of uh world war ii and coming out of world war ii mm-hmm. that were published and written during that time wow. and and mm-hmm. what she sang she did a very good job and she chose things from sad, happy, all, all of it. And it stands alone as that time. And I think this series stands alone at this time. And I'll be anxious to talk to you in two years and say, 
does the work you did, not for the series, but as you, stand alone as having come out of this period? Hmm. Yeah, I feel like that's one of those questions that, yeah, I'll only be able to answer. Right, in two, <laughs> you know, years. two years from that's now. Right. It's, wow. Yeah, that's really... I'm just planning our future. Yeah, I love it. I yeah. love it. Yes, I'm I'm still trying to find my way to to something that you do so I can come and take lots of notes. <laughs> we'll get it done. So we'll get yes. it done. Yes. Two years we'll be celebrating your children's book and we'll Yeah. <laughs> we'll release it at oh an Enneagram event. <laughs> oh, the pressure. <laughs> the pressure is on. I know it's, I feel like it's something where it's like some people may feel like, oh, and I, I definitely feel this way about children's books. So I'm like, there's some great children's books out there. It's, it's hard to sometimes feel like, okay, we need one more, you know, but don't you that's think something I'm pushing through? Yeah. <laughs> Earlier you were talking about uh, when writing the book and like how to get that it's the shortest book that you've written. Mm-hmm. If I'm a listener and I've read the book, I would want to know, hey, what is, uh, what's the biggest thing that you wish you had had space for in the book that didn't make it? Mm. You know, I, um, I probably could have gone on and on a little bit more with my nature observations. <laughs> At one point, I even considered, I was like, maybe all 40 days should be sort of like a just kind of focusing on, you know, mindfully focusing on one thing in nature. So I've had several moments where I'm like, oh, that was a good one. Why did I not think of it in time? <laughs> so um, yeah, that was probably it. But I, I am grateful that the, the there's, there's a day in there on turning and following the sun and a sunflower, how the sunflower has like a natural rhythm to follow the sun. Yep. And that one, I would say, is probably the closest to what I felt like I could have done more of, you know? I was Mm -hmm. like, I just wish I had like a few days in the wild to just go observe and take in some more moments like that to uh, bring that there. Because images are are very powerful for me. Um, I, I use them a lot just when I'm journaling and praying and meditating. Like, I love to just reflect on an image so i think that's something that i i could have i could have gone on gone on, on, and on, and on a little bit more but my hope is that maybe the ones that are in there inspire others to go and find their own as well so <laughs> yeah it, it it too is a reflection of the time when it was written when there's time to go look at something in nature yeah. that you're not yeah. trying to buy Mm-hmm. you know, yeah. sell. And even, yeah. And even reflect on past experiences in nature. Like yeah. I, I, there's a, there's a day in there where I talk about a waterfall that was near Niagara Falls that I never actually went to, but it was something that I, I knew when I went to Niagara Falls, it was near and I wanted to go there. And, and I ended up, and that's another one that I was really proud of that, that particular day. And I felt like yeah. it was, it was strong. It was important for me to write it. And I was like, yeah, I would have never have gone to those many layers of reflection had I not just been sitting at home for weeks and months on end. So yeah, it definitely um, brought something new out of me, someone who loves reflection. I love to, to look back and I, I started to notice, I'm like, there's even layers within that, that I hadn't explored 
And that was just, I don't know, in, in a weird way, it just gave me a lot of hope, I think, in, in terms of, you know, I don't know if we'll, I, I don't know when the moment's going to come where it's like back to normal or yeah. everything's great. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't even know if that exists, but at the same time, it's like, wow. But if, if I don't take another big new trip ever again, look at the life I've lived, look at the experiences I've had. And the fact that I can just look at a map and just reflect on places that I've been present to experiences that I've had, even if all I remember are the trees or the people that I was with, like there's so many layers to that. That's Enneagram teaching right there, because that's being, that's with orientation time to the past. So I want everybody who's listening to understand that when I say five's orientation of time is the past and they are tethered to that, you just explained it perfectly. Perfectly. (laughs) That's what it means to be tethered to the past. You can go back there and add layers to what happened that are real. They're not made up stuff. They are real reflections, to use your word, that you didn't have the space for or the time for or the awareness of at the moment, but because you're tethered to the past, it's just right there waiting for you. If you want to go mm-hmm. back to the idea of the waterfall by yeah. Niagara Falls. Wow. The way you said that too, I never really, you said it's back there waiting for me. It's right there waiting for me. Yep. That's how it feels. Like it feels close. I don't feel like, Oh, I gotta go thir- 30 years back. You know, it feels it's like, yes, it's just there. And there's more to it. Every time I come back, I see something different. Yeah. Wow. And three sevens and eights and ones, twos and sixes don't have that. Mm. Orientation of the future doesn't offer that. And orientation of the present is tricky. Well, I need to hang out more with some people who are oriented toward the future because <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what's ahead. Do you know? Do you have a... Joel, what's ahead for you? Well, she has an eight, an eight husband. Yeah, she doesn't need yeah. you. Oh, yeah. He's... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> He's got plans. <laughs> Can you talk about that a little bit? So yeah. you and your husband, y'all share a line, mm-hmm. uh, that five, yeah. eight line. My wife and I do as well with, as a seven and one. And there are times that I, I think that helps our relationship. And there are times where I find myself a little annoyed yeah. <laughs> because of that line. Yeah. Uh, can you talk about yours? Yeah. We, I, we're very in our own ways we're both very direct and we say what we mean yep. um but the the conflict comes where he likes to act on what he means <laughs> so <laughs> there are times where you know we'll have like i'm like yeah I'm like i can't believe they did that you know like why would they say that da, 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 da. and timothy's like he's like yeah i just sent them an instagram dm about it i was like no i didn't mean take action on it (laughs) I was like this was just something that we're supposed to be talking about so a lot of times a lot of times it's that like I like to think big and theorize I'm like yeah like what if we did this and he's like oh yeah I already did it um yeah I'm like like, no it was just a theory (laughs) I didn't mean we have to actually do it so yeah and I I tell him I'm like yeah sometimes I feel like I'm just trying to keep up (laughs) just trying to keep up so Nowadays, like I, I have to preface these. I'm like, this is just an idea. Like, no action required. <laughs> That's fantastic. Listen, I don't, I don't need you to do anything. I don't need you to help anybody. <laughs> I was like, I just need to share an idea. So, um, 
Is he yeah, coming back with, I have an idea and I want to act on it? Oh, always. So, yeah. yeah. So if you don't want to <laughs> act on it, then I, I'm just going to go ahead with yeah. it. <laughs> always, always, always. So that is... That has been really funny, especially during the pandemic, because we can't really do much. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it was, you know, I think it was it was hard for him even to have to like try to find new ways to to do. Um, what do you, what happens yeah. when you switch? Like, what mm-hmm. happens when in five you move to that eight security space, mm-hmm. and he's withdrawn into five stress space? It happens especially with things uh creatively the most i think uh-huh. i'm i'm much more willing to take risks creatively and to just like try random things so like one example of that would be so we have like an e-commerce shop that that we have and we have people that work for us and all that kind of thing and it's it's great it's wonderful we have a wonderful team and i will sometimes just be like what if we just did a photo shoot? Like, let's just do it. Like, let's just see what happens. It's like, well, we don't have, you know, models. <laughs> you know, we don't have, like this is not, I'm like, it's fine. Like, let's, let's just have, like, let's just get do some it. stuff and, and, and let's just go and see what happens. And he's just like, okay, <laughs> have fun. Um, and then he'll just kind of like pull back. So that's, that's one area that looks like that um, professionally, but then like on a, on a personal level too, I do think I get into like supercharge, like empathy mode (laughs) and and, like, I'll, I'll find out about like, you know, a cause or something that I really care about. And sometimes I work myself up so much to the point of like, we must act now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't really have like a step-by-step plan for it. I'm just like, I feel this and I want to, um, um, I'm trying to think of what it was. It was something I donated to over the past year. And like, I, I, I just felt so passionate about it. And I, and I was so passionate. Like I want to donate to this. I can't even remember what it was. And, um, he was like, well, you know, what is it? Like, do you want to do like their, like a monthly payment plan? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I just, we just need to act on it right now. So I'll have like these supercharged moments, but when I have my supercharged moments like that, I don't really, I just kind of hop over to it. Like I don't really plan my way there. Yeah. Cause I think if I plan my way there, I'll end up backing out of it. So I, I'm just yeah. like, I've got to do it right now. Like I've got to sign up right now. Um, I think I AIDS rem- too feel like they have to withdraw right now. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I, I can't make a plan for this. I got to back up yeah. right now. Yeah. Cause I think for him, like he may feel like, like he's, he, he has said this too. Like, he's like, I like to have a plan because it kind of keeps me in control. Like kind of, get, he's very self-pressed too. He's like, yeah. let's just give a little bit here and we'll build up to it. We'll keep going. Yep. Whereas for me, once I start getting into the steps, I get a little tired yeah. and I, can, <laughs> I'm like, yeah. okay, I'll come back, take a nap. Maybe I'll get to it later. So when I, um, when I do have those moments, they are like very like supercharged. Um, oh, okay. I, I remember what it was. It actually wasn't an organization. I, I saw a family on the side of the road that had a sign that said, we need a hotel for tonight. Yep. And it was, it, they had babies and one of their kids was our kid's age. And I was just like, 
we got to do this. Not on my watch. Are they not going to have anywhere to sleep tonight? So we had somewhere to go. We had, I was like, Patrick, go over. Our bank was across the street. We didn't have cash. I was like, let's go get some cash. And I, I think maybe it was like, he was like, how much? I'm like, I don't know. Like hotel room cash. I don't know how much hotels cost. So I think it, I think we had like two or $300, I think. Um, and yeah, we just took it over to them. And I, yeah, I didn't really, I didn't even think about like the number. Like he was like, well, how much? I'm like, I don't know. Like, help me pick a number. And yeah, that was, so yeah, I'll have those moments like that. And then that's where he's just kind of like, okay, like. He knows he's got to do it it, though. Yeah. Yeah. We're doing this. So I might as well participate with some leadership here. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What would you say you want people to learn and know about fives? Mm -hmm. And. Is it different than what you would have said three years ago? Mm. It might be. And is it different than what you said last time you were on the podcast? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I think it, it would be more evolved in the, in the, in the area of acceptance and embracing. Cause I, I think for me, I've, I've had to, in, in terms of like walking into my own gifts and abilities of even sharing my story, like even writing this was, you know, it was very hard for me to get into the layers of my story like that. But what I've learned is that maybe in the past, I have felt like I was tolerated as a five. And I think in the beginning, I would have been like, yeah, kind of. I wouldn't have said the word tolerate, but I would have said like, you know, kind of tolerate, make room for fives in your life. You know, like I know we can be a little different, a little quiet, keep to ourselves, but make room for us. We want to be at the party. We just don't want to talk to you. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we want to be invited. Like I would have, you know, I would have think that was kind of more my tone at, at, and even a year ago. Yeah. I think that was still kind of my tone. I think I was still really, I mean, I still struggle, but I was really struggling with like, who am I to be publishing books and telling my story? Like, oh, it's still hard, but it was extra hard last year. Yeah. Um, Cause it was new. It was just brand new to me. And then this year I would say I've really had to own who I am and yeah. say, no, I am, I am uniquely made this way. Yeah. And I've got to own it. It's like, yeah, I want to talk about sunflowers. So we're going to talk about sunflowers. Let me tell you, and I'm not going to apologize for it. That's new for me. So I would say that I believe that I I hope that that came out even in the daily reflections of just like, yeah, I'm going to own this, that these are the analogies that, that I want to use. Um, I'm like, I don't have a lot of, of hanging out at a dinner party analogies for you. Um, Those aren't the ones that come to me first. Like if I have to pick 40 days, I'm going to go into the heart of what I truly love and feel so deeply connected to and sacred for me. And being in nature is that and, and reflecting on childhood and in beautiful moments of my life is that. So I hope that, I, I just hope that the energy of that love comes out and that other fives feel compelled to even own that within themselves so 
Sorry. That's a long way of answering your question. So good. That was awesome. awesome. Um, But yeah, just, just, um, of just own, like just really embracing the observer within yourself and the observer in your lives of just like, yeah, like don't just tolerate, embrace and say, yes, you are welcome here. We like you for you and all of your uniqueness and, and that applies to everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think so. Yeah. I'd have one more question. What are you curious about? Mm. I'm curious about, and I think this is when you started to uh, share about in Singapore, how, how they've called it circuit, circuit breaker. I, I'm curious about language right now. Mm-hmm. I think we're getting to a place with language around how we describe ourselves, describe other people, our relationships with other people. Um, and I'm interested in seeing what new words come into the fold as we try to find language for this time that we're in right now, as we try to find empathy and patience for one another right now, because my patience gets really low these days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, sometimes words for me, as much as I use them, words like empathy and hope, it's sometimes they seem to lose their potency for me. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm just like, oh my gosh, enough of that. Yeah. <laughs> I need progress, but yeah, I'm just like, maybe there are some more words. Maybe there's some other ways of looking at things that we can come around. And I, that might be really vague, but it's something I'm, no, I'm I absolutely about <laughs> trying to figure out. And even like, again, like, I feel like we even got to some places today that, that really tapped into that for me, even thinking about, you know, the liminal space of of where we've kind of been so yeah really curious about what what language is going to come into the fold in the years to come well I bet you're going to put some of it out there for us and I'm going to be watching and reading and Mm -hmm. um, I always love it when our paths cross thank you for giving this time to the Enneagram journey you are just a delight oh well thank you this has been such an honor I was really looking forward to it and and I know we said it last time, but I know we are going to connect in, you know, in real space, beyond digital space at, at some point. And I look forward to that. Me too. Me too.